7th at 8 p.m. Peebo Bryson on January 26th and 27th. Bob Marley, the birthday bash on February 3rd. And Quiet Storm Valentine celebration on February 10th. More info and tickets at BethesdaTheater.com. WPFW is a proud media partner with Bethesda Theater. Yo, peace, this is Rod Stars. Peace, this is G1, and together we're Rebel Diaz. When we in the DMV, you know we're listening to that People Power Radio, WPFW, Washington. Your station for jazz and justice. Let's go. Magic's knees go permanently south for the winner. I don't want to be like Mike. Changing up the guard quicker than fear brings down doo-doo. Hey, young bro. He never saw Elgin Baylor play during his day or Oscar Robinson. Flash the dice roll back. The big O was jackknifing through all them bodies. I didn't know nothing about it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the collision. He's Coach McNutt. I'm Dave Zyra, and here at your home for Jazz and Justice, 89.3 FM, WPFW, changing the world one broadcast at a time. Coach McNutt, how you doing, sir? <laughs> DZ, baby. Long time no talk to on, on the show, at least, anyway. Yes, long time no talk on the show, anyway. Would that it were only the show, Coach. No, I'm just playing. Um <laughs> But just, just shout out. Early. Okay, I got you. I got you starting early. Okay. Well, Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year to you, too. Hey, it's February. Right. <laughs> Happy Black History Month, certainly. Um, yes, sir. Yes, certainly shouts out to Chuck Modiano and Atan Thomas, both in transit and, and indisposed. But this show is so important, not just because it's where sports and politics come t- together, the only place in the DMV where we do a show like this, but... Of course, it is also pledge time here at WPFW, 202-588-9739, The Revolution Radio for Revolutionary Times. That's the theme of this week with a call out to Gil Scott Heron. We're going to talk more about that at 1020 when Katia Stitt's going to come on and talk about how you can support WPFW, how you can support Pacifica Radio, and how you can support The Collision. But, Coach, the talk of the sports world is not about The Collision, although it should be. (laughs) The sports world is about the Super Bowl happening in just days. And it seems silly to not start right there, specifically because the news from my end of things and I mentioned this at the tail end of last week's show, is that I am not watching this year. For the first time since I was just barely a cornstalk high. <laughs> Uh-oh, there's an opening that I got to pounce on, a cornstalk high. Well, now, what is that height in relation to you being a 5'9", 5'7", center from the Bronx or Harlem or Yonkers, wherever you played up, upstate there? Yonkers, my goodness. First of all, <laughs> second of all, it has nothing to do with that. I guess a corn, I mean, I'm not a farm guy, I'm a New York guy, so maybe corn stalk. I know, 
wasn't even the right <laughs> word to use. Um, I was an ear of corn high, and, uh, and I was too young to watch Terry Bradshaw, Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh-oh. Roger Staubach and the Dallas Cowboys, 35 to 31. That uh-huh. was the last time I have not watched a Super Bowl. And this year will be the first time that I will not watch since those days of the Carter administration. So it's been a long time for me. And I've come about this decision from a lot of different angles. And it feels like since that's what everybody's talking about in the world of sports, I should be very upfront about that and say, I'm not going to pretend to debate with you everything from, you know, can Patrick Mahomes defeat the San Francisco 49ers, you know, an electric <laughs> quarterback versus a system quarterback in Brock Purdy and all this nonsense. I have no interest in it whatsoever this year, and I can't pretend like I do. So the question becomes, Dave, why? And then I got to, uh, after you elaborate on that, I got a counter as to why you should watch the game. But, uh, Look, <laughs> every year we know that the Super Bowl is not just about a game. It is the most watched sporting event in the United States. Every year, the numbers even get higher. And I got to say, a little little bit of perspective on the National Football League is that this game, this Super Bowl, only becomes more and more watched every year. And on one level, you have to tip the hat to their ability to do that because we know we live in an era that is not monocultural by any stretch. You know, the days when 40 million Americans would all watch the Cosby show on Thursday nights, those days are, are dead as a broiled chicken. You know, everybody <laughs> watches their own show. Everybody listens to their own music. Everybody's online, young people on Instagram, Snapchat, or other things I've never heard of. You know, everybody's sort of doing their own thing in their own individual entertainment silos, except for the Super Bowl. I mean, it's kind of remarkable. And my take on that has always been in the past, and forgive me for going on and on, but my take in the past has always been, well, the entire country is watching this. I'm a sports commentator. I better watch it too. So I have something to say. Even if I didn't really care about the teams, like last year, Kansas City versus Philadelphia, didn't care, still watched, because I wanted to know what everybody else was watching. Also, we all know it's a cultural discussion, Coach, like the commercials. What are the best commercials? Correct. The political ads. What political ads make their way into the Super Bowl? The long movie trailers. There are always new movie trailers for the Super Bowl. What are people watching? The halftime show. Who is performing and what will that look like? Uh, The national anthem. Will there be anything that's Mm -hmm. transgressive during the anthem? I mean, they'll be singing Mm -hmm. Lift Every Voice and Sing this year. And there's already been, you know, right wing controversy saying, why should there be that anthem saying, you know, so there's there are political points that one might want to touch on. But this year, I am just saying no to the whole thing, even with its weight and its importance and the fact that to not watch it means you're actually left out of all those discussions that I just mentioned. But can't you just mute that? I mean, no. you got to remove oh, yeah. your hand. I was going to say that too. I mean, isn't the commercials in halftime? Isn't that the time where you you go get food, you use the bathroom, you know, you you do things <laughs> that you wouldn't do between you know plays? You know what I mean, Dave? No, I hear you, Mike. And and frankly, the halftime show this year, I'm very curious about because Usher puts on a show. No, thank you. I hear that. I'm a little. <laughs> no, thank you. Stable. Come on, that's, I'm curious. That, 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 that's that's for the women who are going to be watching. You know why they're going to be watching now? Because you know, I don't even want to name her name, but you know that yeah. that's for the women and it's business, and I understand. No, no, it, it's all business. But the thing that that puts me out of the loop on this year is. And look, I don't mean to make everything heavy all the time, but there's so much heartache in the world right now. I feel you, Dave. I feel like 
the Super Bowl this year is a weapon of mass distraction. I mean, More to be honest with you, Dave, I mean, uh, like sometimes, I mean, I think about it so much. I think about the, the turmoil and, 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 and the, the trouble in the world so much that that's my escape. No, and that's you know what I'm saying? My that's my time to not I, think about I, I, it for four hours. I'm with you, Mike, and that's always been my position. Right. That we have the right to escape. We have the right to take a break from the horrors of the world. We should be able to do that. But my concern this year is that the Super Bowl is actually aiding and abetting the horrors of the world. Like, I've written about how Robert Kraft, uh, the owner of the Patriots, mm -hmm. is going to have a $7 million Super that. Bowl ad. I've read Basically that. supporting what's going on in the Middle East right now. Yeah, I understand and what you're saying, Dave, because I mean, I totally to don't on. like that. I totally am opposed to commercials, you know. That, that, that are geared in that way during a sports, or should I say sports entertainment event. Mm. I'm glad you said sports entertainment because that's the phrase that pro wrestling uses. I mean, it's not just a <laughs> phrase. Uh, the NFL, I'm not sure exactly how many years ago, but um, some years ago they dropped their nonprofit status and, and, and yes. uh, got the sports entertainment label. So that's mm -hmm. exactly what they are. Well... One reason they dropped their, I'll just, you know, throw this in <laughs> as long as we're talking. The nonprofit status got, it is true. Until 10 years ago, the National Football League was a nonprofit organization with all the tax relief that goes in with being a nonprofit organization. I'm sure our listeners are hearing this and asking themselves the question how could a $30 billion a year business exactly. be a nonprofit when it's basically a license to print money? And it was put into one of those omnibus NFL bills. I mean, not NFL. I'm sorry. Congressional spending bills in the 1960s as a trade-off from politicians from Louisiana so they could get public and even federal funding to build the Superdome. Wow. So the only reason there was nonprofit status for 45 years was as some political horse trading to get public funding for what at the time – was kind of a revolutionary dome situation with the Superdome, uh, which was built in the night and finally finished in the 1970s. So why why did it go away? The NFL voluntarily got rid of its of its nonprofit status because it became a real pressure point from the government when it looked like the NFL was doing nothing in the early 2010s around both head injuries and the issue of violence against women. Mm. So, you know, that got Congress's serious attention. And the NFL thought to themselves strategically, well, instead of having this sort of target on our back by being this nonprofit and, you know, because all these people started asking the question you're asking, Mike, like, why is this nonprofit? What's going on here? Especially, you know, if they're getting all these tax breaks to partake in things that as a public we disagree with. So they were just like, yeah, you know what? In the 1960s, we were a little bit more of a threadbare operation. We needed that nonprofit status. We don't need it now. Let's get rid of it and get rid of the criticism that comes along with it. But you're right. They grabbed that sports entertainment label right at that moment, too. And Right. And why didn't they just grab a sports label opposed to a sports entertainment label? I mean, does that give them the, the, the legal right to actually predetermine games with that label? I don't know. I'm just asking. It does. I'm not saying they do. Right, right. But they could legally. Be, yes. It allows them legally to do things that are predetermined. You're absolutely right. That's why pro wrestling, when they finally came forward in the late 80s, I believe it was, was it the late 80s or early 90s, and said to the government, you know, you can't oversee us as if we're a sport mm -hmm. because we're sports entertainment and that's our loophole. You know, that's the foundation of even the very legal definition of sports entertainment. It comes from Vince McMahon, who we're starting to see is probably one of the most disgusting people starting? that America has produced. Starting, Dave? I mean, I think we kind of knew that. Like, Even when I was a kid, I knew that. Yeah, but the whole character of Vince McMahon, the boss, we're now seeing is, that's the dude. I'm saying that wasn't really a character. That was the guy for real. Yes. Yeah. It was no, but he was just being him. Yes. I've also heard, and this happens to pro wrestlers sometimes, as Coach well knows, being a big pro wrestling fan. Just kidding. Yeah, right. Um, 
<laughs> but sometimes, you know, they, a, a pro wrestling character, they amplify who they are and they're just, oh, I'm just going to do a hyper amplification mm-hmm. of who I am because that's what comes across as real. But then they start to forget who's the character and who's the person. Like I've heard mm-hmm. wrestlers talk about this. They, they lose their identity in who they are when they're amongst the fans or when they're in the squared circle. Just an interesting side note. So I think Vince McMahon, by virtue of being on TV, has just become a worse and worse person. But back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the Super Bowl, Dave, because what about your responsibility to all the people that know, love you, trust you, follow you for the inside information? You give a perspective, not of, well, he had 20, uh, he had 105 yards on 21 carries that statistical nonsense you give insights and you, you bring a you bring a different perspective that people have come to rely on me, me included which is hard for me to put butter on you ah. but, you know that's another story so uh, you, you you're, you're forgetting a big audience man that uh that loves you and follows you man all the way yeah i mean i've been doing it professionally for almost two decades coach i mean writing art and i would write a super bowl article every single year I guess I would ask the people who who read me to just give me a little grace on this one because I'm I'm so turned upside down by what's happening in the world. It's like I can't I just can't do it. And I got to say, if I'm being really honest and I always keep it 100 with you guys. So I'm going to do that right now. I don't like what happened to the Baltimore Ravens there. I said it. I'm whoa, 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 whoa. You got, wait a minute. Uh, your feelings are hurt because your Ravens are not playing in the bowl. Are we cutting for the chase? Is this is this the bottom common denominator? Yeah, coach. No, it's not the bottom line. It's like the t- it's like the middle line. I'm not saying <laughs> it's not Magic the- Mike. Are you believing this, Magic Mike? Come on, Dave. You're better than this. Come on. No, no, no. First of all, yeah, I'm, not I'm sure it hurts. I'm sure it hurts him a little bit. You know, it doesn't just hurt. I feel like there was something a little fishy in the stew. Sports entertainment. What? I think. No, 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 no. Look. Elaborate, look. please. Fishy in the stew because you, you're, you're starting to get my jaws tight. That's old school term, meaning that uh, I'm getting revved up a little bit. Go on. Well, we got to do some fundraising in just a little bit. But, but look, look. <laughs> I, I will say I have zero. This is about the NFL. And I have 0.0. Against Taylor Swift. I know some people who are big fans of Taylor Swift. This isn't an anti Taylor Swift rant by any stretch of the imagination. So Come I don't on. want to think that. I'll just go ahead. There's something, the value, and I, and I really th- I think she's in a real relationship with Travis. But I'm not going to go in any of that stuff because that stuff is soap opera stuff. I'm not interested in that stuff. But Check. the NFL's bottom line by having her engaged in this sport mm-hmm. is massive. million massive. Massive. And, and, you know, tip of the hat to Taylor Swift, who's, um, you know, like we talked about earlier, about the death of the monoculture, the death of America, you know, being all tuned into one thing. She has a fan base that would rival the big stars from the 1980s. And there are very few people who can say that. Drake could probably say that. But those 80s stars who everybody was tuned into, Michael Jackson, Prince, Lionel Richie, Tina Turner, you know, Bruce Springsteen, like all of that. Taylor's one of the last who carries that kind of audience. And so for her to bring that audience, particularly a demographic that doesn't necessarily always watch NFL games, I mean, does it really, does it not seem, just her at the Super Bowl, at the expense of the Ravens, at the expense of Lamar Jackson, at the expense of everything that Baltimore is, I just... Okay, uh, I, I hear you, Dave, I hear you, but this is when I get in that, because you know, I get a lot of hits to that about because I'm a referee, well, was a referee, and for a long 30-year period, so I hear that, and people always say, ah, the ref's this, the ref's that. So I'm and I'm and I'm digging where you're coming from because I thought this th- whole thing was contrived with her and I'm not even saying her name, but um, my point is if so, if we give that some credence and merit, tell me how that had to do with Lamar Jackson throwing for just over fifty percent passing percentage. Hmm, an interesting. But how question. many times did he throw the ball actually? Thirty-seven, yeah. wasn't it? The game plan was absurd. Yeah, it really was. 
absurd and it upsets me very much and it's not a and to me it's about taking the power from Lamar's hands and frankly Lamar's legs and I thought it was very interesting that after the game John Harbaugh the coach said in kind of a mealy-mouthed way yeah next year Lamar Jackson's going to have more of a say in our offensive game planning and it's like no kidding Sherlock if he had for this game maybe we would be having a different discussion right now. Okay. So okay. I'm sorry, Sports but that, that's where I am. Entertainment development. Hey, Coach Ref, real, real quick. You, you know, you have been a respectful, you know, uh, a referee for a long time. But have you yes, been sir. a referee in a sports entertainment company? <laughs> what a great Because, question. I mean, that, that changes the whole thing there. Because, you know, you, you got to go with, with the predetermined outcome. Actually, I disagree with that statement. Why is that? At, at, at all levels, the games are still referee. You have a certain amount of referees. You have a rule book that, that you have to be adhered to. So whether it's youth, high school, college, or pro, you still, when, you, when you're putting out into the airwaves uh, that something's fishy, quote unquote, Dave Zion, well, explain it to me. What is what define fishy and give me an example? It, it doesn't matter whether it's a youth level, eight to ten peewee. I mean, or, I know you've been watching one. the NFL this year, right? Right, Coach Ref. Correct. Absolutely. Uh, and, and you have not obviously seen obvious no calls or bad calls, like obvious. Yeah, I mean, with it, with with pass interference, but again, it it, it, it it always it always becomes a rule book and and questionable. I and as opposed to getting into this, um, you know, big pie in the sky and uh, something amiss and fishy, I just say it's incompetent ref- uh, uh, officiating um, because I need something more concrete than oh, fishy. Right. I need an example which which neither one of you two have have even given me outside to say the game plan was was uh, was was a miss. But I and I say this when Jackson signed and all year long, the uh, game plan was praised. Look what Jackson he's doing this. He's Mm-hmm. He's more accurate. He's not running as much. So I don't understand how all of a sudden he was praised for 16, 17 games. And here we go into the playoffs after he came off a big first game in the playoffs. And now all of a sudden it's the game plan and it's because something's amiss. I'm, you're losing me, guys. Well, look, I digress. I will get back to this point because I think this is fishier than uh, dinner at my buddy uh, Scavone's house on a Friday because he's Catholic. He's serving the fish. <laughs> Um, I love it. Shout out to you, Scavone. Um, but first and foremost, <laughs> I think we have Katia Stitt on the line because we need to Katia! build radio <laughs> every time. Katia, before you start, may I just say one thing real quick? Absolutely. You can always say one thing, two things, three things, whatever you like. Well, first, I want to say I'm thrilled you're with us to fundraise. I'm thrilled you're with us to pitch right now and let people know how they can support WPFW revolutionary radio for revolutionary times that's all i wanted to say oh well thank you thank you and thank you for reading the emails i love that when people can quote the theme that is lovely and i want to say good morning coach good morning mike um you know i okay i'm gonna pitch but then i really have to say dave i commend you on skipping the super bowl because we also have to remember it's one of the largest capitalist machines we got going Mm -hmm. in this country as is the NBA. I'm sorry, all of this. Capitalist machines. And at the crux of all that we're seeing in the world, you know, whether it's the Congo, whether it's Palestine, whether it's Sudan, Ethiopia, so many of these, Ukraine, so many of these um, wars and occupations are fueled at the core because of money. And America is the, the capitalist, you know, kingpin. That is what's happening. So, Dave, I commend you. And that is why you're on Jazz and Justice Radio. That is why the collision is part of what we do. Because, you know, we know that as much as you are beloved and you are a beloved, beloved sports writer, you are also a beloved activist. And many of us know that. People have seen you in the street. So we commend you. And I want to urge the folks out in the listening audience, whether you're going to watch this, you know, extravaganza, and that's really what it is (laughs) or not. Um, then think about how much you're going to spend on that day. If you're having a Super Bowl party, let's just talk about it for a minute, right? 
whatever you're spending on that day to make sure your friends and family are comfortable. They have all the eat and the drink that they want, right? Take just a portion of that and give it to WPFW. Mm. You know, say maybe we're going to scale back. Maybe we're not going to have, you know, like the shrimp on ice and the, <laughs> you know, the extravagant catered meal or whatever. Maybe we're just going to have some pizza and be together as a family. And I'm going to give the rest of that to WPFW because the collision does good work. I listen, if you are that appointment listener for the collision, I listen to get just the perspective you're getting today from Dave and Coach and Mike, right? Or from Chuck Modiano when he's in the streets or from Eton doing the good work in the communities. I listen for that reason. So if you take the time to listen, think about where your dollars can can be, be uh, where your dollars can do the most good. And I would say, is it really the Super Bowl party food and drink or is it WPFW? I'm not, you know, I'm, we're not saying do one or the other. But what I am saying is that if you are, um, are uh, uh, if you take the time to listen and you're invested enough to listen to this program, please then consider investing in it. We need $425 this hour, we already have Anonymous out of Bowie, Maryland, getting us started. They say, keep up the good work, gentlemen. But we need you now. As Donnie Hathaway sang, we need you now. And we need you to support that which supports you. Dave Zirin, Eton Thomas, Coach, uh, Chuck Modiano are all here for you every Thursday morning. And they're bringing you the conversations around sports and politics that frankly are not allowed to be had in this moment. And especially when it comes to Palestine, you're hearing perspective on what um, uh, athletes are doing around this issue that you're not going to hear anywhere else, probably on edge of sports, of course, there, because, you know, that is Dave's outlet. But other than that, you're not going to really hear it. You're not hearing it. So if you value that, if you value a, a truly free journalistic space, an independent journalistic space, on sports and politics, please go to the phone right now. $425 is such an easy lift. 800-222-9739, WPFWFM.org. It is one of the ways that we measure how our programs are doing. But I can tell you, we will never, ever take a program off the air that is doing the good work, whether the money is there or not, because we are not a capitalist system. We are a system for the people and we are a system for liberation. And that is what this show also offers you. So if you understand that, if you tune in for that reason or many other reasons, if you're listening right now, if you're within the sound of our voices right now, please do the right thing. Go to the phones, 800-222-9739, WPFWFM.org are the ways to connect and make that call that makes the difference. $425 to go. I'm hoping that I'll come back to you all and be able to thank some folks, but, you know, just continue the good work. That The good work is always rewarded. That's what I say. Beautifully put. Uh, 202-588-9739. 9739 We've got some amazing amazing uh, gifts to get as well if folks call in. And there's a great community gift that involves a 60-40 split with the Middle East Children's Alliance, who's working on the ground in Gaza. I know someone very close to my family works for the Middle East Children's Alliance. And I can tell you they do incredible work. And when you think about the toll on children that this war has created, uh, which is unspeakable, unspeakable, not just the deaths, but the makeshift surgeries. I mean, I can't even speak about the things that I'm reading about on the ground. People can use your imagination of the sort of thing that that's just pure nightmare fuel. Uh, this is the kind of institution you need to support. Also, there's a, a point we need to discuss and coach. I want to bring you in on this, which is really about not want to say the death, but the the ailing nature of sports media in this country. Mm -hmm. Ailing, mm -hmm. You know, because coach, let's just throw this right out. What mm -hmm. did Sports Illustrated mean to you as you were? You know, uh, I, I was going to bring that up, Dave, and we didn't have a chance to talk about it because uh, um, yesterday. But um, before I get that, you want to hear a number. Katie was talking about the commercialization and spending. $22 billion will be spent on the Super Bowl gambling. What? On gambling. gambling. 
Okay. I'm, so I mean, you know, all the ways that we do it now, which, you know, includes on your phone right now, you know, so 22 billion. So that's, that's how wacky this thing is. So I, so I understand, but moving on to sports illustrating, man, I read Can your I post. Uh, you t- huh? Go ahead. Coach. Cause I have to say, like, I did, I just didn't include this out of my own forgetfulness on that question of why I'm also not watching this in mm-hmm. You like taking a stand against the infusion and integration of online gambling in the sport to the point of it actually connects with the Sports Illustrated discussion because we're talking about mm-hmm. import people who have been important journalists over the last generation. I'm talking about you know everybody from Scott Van Pelt at ESPN, mm-hmm. the inimitable mm-hmm. inimitable Charles Barkley on TNT. I think of Charles as a journalist too. It's like they've become people who now say, hey, who do you have in the big game? Uh, you know, I, I have, you know, you can put $50 on whether this man will rush for 50, for 50 yards and we have a special deal over at this company or that company. I'm not going to give them free uh, ad time right now, although part of me does want to name check them just so people can know the insidious nature of this. And I'm just yep. blown away, coach. And maybe I'm going to yep. sound like a fuddy-duddy. But yep. how quickly it's changed from no Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame no team in Las Vegas, no gambling in sports because it turns it yep. into the suspicion going to Magic Mike of sports entertainment of predetermined right. outcomes. I mean, even I don't think referees by and large are in this for sports entertainment coach. I don't. But I do know that there is a problem when a player like Luka Doncic, great NBA player who complains all the time, I'll be the first to say yep. it, but when yep. he gets in a ref's face and makes a big dollar sign with his finger. Oh, yeah, rubbing his fingers together. Absolutely. That's the result of the infusion of gambling into the sports world. I just can't believe how quickly it's moved from no team in Las Vegas to let's get every team in Las Vegas. Let's do the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. It's it's amazing, Dave. And, and, um, and, and again, I bristle with that because I'm a referee. So when they, when they go, I, I, not at my level, obviously, but it is it is at the college level. Um, and, and, you know, we're the first one that that, that, that they point a finger to, you know, all oh, the referees on the tag. Boom, boom, boom. And it, it, <laughs> it's, it's a horrible thing. And I'm amazed that uh, you couldn't touch that days uh, years, years ago. It wasn't that long. And now it's out there, and the, uh, the biggest of the big stars, Kevin Garnett, Drew Brees, the, the, the Manning boys are out there hawking, telling you to do this now. And it, and it is so easy on a phone call. Back in the day, you know, you had it all, it offshore, you had a bookie that you, that you talked to, and then you meet at the back of a tire store to sell up the score at the end of the week. But now it is just so easy. It's, 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 it's mind-blowing. Uh, to see how to go, how, how that has happened. And the thing that we haven't talked, the two, two quick points about why Coach and I bristle so much about this. One thing is the perception then that this thing is, is all about that gambling money, which one might make the case that it is. But also we need to speak. You notice that when they do these commercials, there's always that fine print tagline at the bottom of the commercial. Yes. Like, if yes. you have trouble gambling, 1-800-GAMBLER. It's that's, like one hundred gambler. You can get yeah. help for your gram- gambling addiction that we right. are fostering within you. Right. And there's that, no amount that, of that, 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 that that destroys. Yeah, and that's the their last, version of the Surgeon General on, on a pack of a cigarette. Yes. A pack of cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? And then the last thing about it that 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 just breaks my heart about it is when when working people are spending this money on gambling. There it is. Yep. Oh my goodness! It basically yes. amounts to a regressive, privatized tax in your. Mm-hmm. You are being taxed for watching sports, not by the government. It's like there's always something about the lotto where it's like, okay, you're spending money on the lottery. Well, that money is going to a state fund that might fix roads or might do this or might do that. At least there's some accountability there. This is the for this weekend. This is the NFL taxing you to watch mm-hmm. these games mm-hmm. by getting mm-hmm. in the gambling situation. And I'll say it again, shame on the journalists who are now just part of the mix instead of looking critically at what gambling is doing to the sports industry. And that's what loops us right in 
to talking about Sports Illustrated. Oh, man. Exactly the kind of institution that that even as recently as 10, 15 years ago would have been the magazine where you would go to to find an expose Mm -hmm. about gambling operates. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah. true, so true, Dave. You know, when you open your piece about, uh, I mean, you hit me, to, you hit me right on, Dave. About every Thursday, I ran to the mailbox to get my Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. and it was filled with articles like exposés, the whole nine yards. And man, I would disappear and just, you know, <laughs> read it from cover to cover. Um, and now, uh, man, it, it's it's disheartening. I relate it to, and you know how much I love Ali. How much we love Ali, but that's it. It has gone now to Holmes and Burbick for 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 Ali. You know what I mean? Down to his last two, it's just a shell of itself now. Mm-hmm. Um, I I still get it. I probably wanted a few. They, they, I, it's such a habit, Dave, because yeah, I'm 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 two dozen, uh, <laughs> twenty years older than you. Um, that I just can't. I still wait for the paper copy, but I don't even know. When it comes now, it doesn't come on Thursday. I don't, it doesn't come weekly. I don't even know when it, when it comes. And articles, you know, <laughs> maybe I read one, two. Uh, it's just I, I hurt. I'm in pain for Sports Sports Illustrated because that was my childhood, all the way through from ten all the way up to, to I, like I said, I, I still subscribe. So um, your right. article, man, really moved me. Thank you. Because as you see, as threadbare as Sports Illustrated has become, it's also not going to exist. And then yep. that's what we're looking at. No Sports Illustrated on the media landscape. And I'll just, on my own personal note about this, you know, I was a kid who, you know, the teachers and the principal would bring my mom into school and say, this, this young man does not read. And my mom would say back to them, or and they would ask questions about learning disabilities and things like that. And my mom would say, if he can't read well, how do you explain every Thursday him reading 4,000 word articles by Frank <laughs> about Bobby Knight. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And that always made the principal have to bite his or her tongue because it was the proof was in the pudding, you know, because by her saying that she's basically, she was basically saying, how are you teaching my child? If my child mm. does read, but is not engaged in school. I mean, and I, I shudder to think, without Sports Illustrated, what assumptions would have been made about me at a very young age in terms mm-hmm. of intellectual capabilities. But it grabbed me, and it meant a lot to me. And people like Frank DeFord and Curry Kirkpatrick and Jack McCallum and Selena Robert, oh, man. Sonia Steptoe. I mean, these were, yep. these were heroes of mine yep. growing Some up. Some of the best they ever did. And there is no sports journalist alive who's around my age who did not grow up dreaming of writing for Sports Illustrated. And, and tell us, Dave, you actually wrote an article to, for Sports Illustrated? Oh, I wrote eight or nine. Um, they brought okay. me in um, a while ago, like 15 years ago. And eventually it just became like a very bad fit uh, because there were these, you know, I can't deal with restrictions on what I write about and how I write I about it. you, brother. And it just, you know, that, that to me, it's like, so it's not about the money. It's about the politics. It's about the ability uh, to speak truth. And, uh, you know, you felt the walls a little too close. Even right. 50, well, real, real quick. What was your favorite article that you wrote? That I wrote? Yep. Um, I'm very proud of something I wrote. People can find it online about the friendship between Roberto Clemente and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Oh and man. That meant a lot to me. And then a separate I one about Martin Luther King Jr. And his connection to the sports world which a lot of people don't know about, like his support of the 1968 Olympic boycotters, um, his love of Bob Gibson, uh, which is kind of cool. If you know what Bob Gibson represented in the late 60s, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, Dr. King was clued into Bob Gibson, I thought was a great historical factoid that I found in a pretty dusty old biography of dr king and of course for me i was like zing you know Uh (laughs) me is a critical thing and um because of what bob gibson represented uh his friendship with clemente the fact that clemente got the union to actually stop playing in april of 1968 
um, out of respect for Dr. King and what and, and the imagination of Dr. King. Like he delayed the start of of the Major League Baseball season. So I remember that. I remember I, that well. I'm proud of having written about that. Um, I, I can't imagine those kinds of articles getting through now because the, it's on its last legs. But then another yes. issue, before we bring on the great Katia State to talk how you can support this show in WPFW, the other issue is that the NFL is looking at buying a stake in ESPN. Think about that for a second. I'm not now ESPN is the epitome of sports entertainment. It's in its title. People don't know what ESPN even stands for. It stands for the E is entertainment in ESPN. Mm-hmm. Entertainment mm-hmm. in sports. ESPN. Now ESPN has also had some of the most amazing exposés in recent years of the NFL. I mean, if not for the Don Van Nata expose of Dan Snyder, Dan Snyder might still be in charge of our beloved team and Magic Mike would be crying. Um, (laughs) But like without ESPN, maybe Dan Snyder is still in the catbird seat with all of his terrible venality. And here is Don Van Nata and Seth Wickersham, these really good journalists who, who watchdog the NFL. What, what place are they going to have if the NFL is a partial owner of ESPN? Think about that for a second, especially because some terrific writers with the NFL network, like Jim Trotter, were fired for pressing too hard on the NFL. I mean, that's a ruthless business right there, which is yet another reason why this year's Super Bowl is just rubbing me wrong. Because with great power comes great responsibility, to quote Spider-Man. And the (laughs) the great power that the NFL has, not only do I not see it being used responsibly, I see it being used in a way that's addicting people to gambling, as we said, that's influencing the media, and that's acting in a manner that's very untoward. And I hate to do a personal plug, but it's a free plug, so I'm not taking anything away from what people should be doing right now, which is supporting WPFW. But if people go to Tubi.com, T-U-B-I, you could see a documentary I made for free called Behind the Shield, which is about the Mm -hmm. National Football League. And I'm very Mm -hmm. proud of it. And you could learn a little bit more about why so much of it is making me feel uncomfortable with this year's Super Bowl. But, Dave, I've watched that. What is that? It's about five years old now, isn't it? I lose track of time. Just a couple. No, no, no. It came out post-pandemic, so it can't be that old. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. But that, I mean, you shared that with me early on, and it's just, I mean, it was a prediction of things to come. Not, not only was it a, a historical presence, it also was, you know, predicting a lot of things to come. You, I'm putting butter on you, and this is uncomfortable for me, but it was an excellent piece, excellent work by you. I'm putting butter on you. This is uncomfortable. But anyway, I got to give props where it's due. Just call, just call me toast because I'm getting all. <laughs> Let's get Katia stick on because WPFW Revolutionary Radio for Revolutionary Times. Katia, before you speak, I have to give a shout out to Gil Scott Heron, who is so themed in in this uh, fun drive, because he said that the revolution will not be televised, and that is certainly true. But I do believe that the revolution will come across on radio and on streaming services as people look for information that doesn't have to go through network filters. And that's why in times like this, it is imperative devastation like WPFW that centers justice, reflects hope, fosters solidarity throughout our music and public affairs programming like The Collision. So we really want to give people the opportunity to partner with us in this critical work by donating during our winter pledge drive and ensuring that WPFW will be there to chronicle the upheaval that exists and the upheaval. Katia, any thoughts from you before I also add on top of that, that one of the cool intersections with sports here is that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would play the congas when Gil Scott Heron would perform in Los Angeles in the 1970s. Well, I, Thank you, Dave. I didn't know that. That's a fun fact. You see, Dave is a musicologist as well, you all. You understand that, right? <laughs> that, you know, like, he, really, he is. He is. So um, we want to thank, so I want to I clarify something. We want to thank uh, Lenora Winters. Thank you so much. And she is giving her donation 
to be split with the Middle East Children's Alliance. And for those that don't know, Margaret Prescott, Sojourner Truth, has been doing this now for um, ever, really ever since October 7th jumped off. And um, we have just expanded it so that WPFW is also engaged. And um, we are asking for a suggested donation for that of $120, but we will figure out a way to make any amount work. If you want to choose the community gift of the Middle East Children's Alliance as your thank you gift, uh, we will figure out how that can work and make sure that your funds um, go to that. The split that our legal department has set up is it has to be 60-40, just for, you know, we like to be transparent. So, you know, 60 will come to the station, 40 will go to the Middle East Children's Alliance. And we're hoping to get an interview on with the executive director at some point uh, next week to talk more in depth about all the work they're doing. But Dave is absolutely right. They are one of the few that are still on the ground, able to do some kind of work, even under the horrific conditions. And to your point, Dave, about um, that narrative, the revolution is being streamed. We are seeing the upheaval. We are seeing the carnage. We are seeing the uprising, the resistance in real time on our, our phones, on our iPads, or not iPads, but but what are those called? What are they called? Pads? What are those things called? I don't know. The tablet, tablet or something. Yes, like that on your computer, we are seeing all of this in real time. We are seeing what's happening right now in Palestine, in the Congo, other places where uh, there is nothing but, but carnage and violence. We are seeing all of this in real time. This is why we say the revolution is being streamed. And we also know that on the other side of all this, as, as the resistance is building, and we see that in real time as well, we will also see the victory. But we cannot do that without having a media outlet like WPFW, like having a show without having a show like The Collision on WPFW. So we ask you to go to the phones now. We still have $375 to go and we have 14 minutes to do it. 800-222-9739. You can also go to WPFWFM.org. You know, Bob Marley's birthday was just a few days ago. And when you talk about a Gil Scott Heron, when you talk about a Bob Marley, a John Coltrane, and Alice Coltrane, what was on their minds when they created their work? It was not just the music. It was resistance. It was struggle. It was overcoming. And that is what WPFW and The Collision are also about. Not just sports, but these other things that make a, the kind of equitable world that we all want to inhabit. If you're listening to WPFW and The Collision, that is the world that you want to inhabit. So please invest in that which invests in you, which supports you, which pours into you. 800-222-9739, $375 to go. Uh-oh, Demetrios out of Winchester, thank you so much for just you know coming in. Uh, now we have $335 to go. We can do this together, folks. $1,300, we're very energized. We feel good that we'll make this goal. Let's do this for the great work that Dave does on and off the air, as does Eton and Coach and Chuck Modiano. They are all very committed to another world being possible. Won't you help us bring the, 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 the leverage to bear through the media by supporting WPFW and The Collision, 800-222-9739, WPFWFM.org, $335 to go. Dave? Well, Oh, Beautiful. I'm not usually a fan of Hollywood, and I'm curious what Mike, Coach, and Katia think about this, but I am feeling pretty excited about this Bob Marley movie that's coming out. You mentioned Bob Marley. I'm like, oh, whatever. I don't want to know what Hollywood does to the politics of Bob Marley. And then I watch the commercials, and I'm like, ooh. But it looks kind of corny. <laughs> it looks corny to you? From what I saw so far, oh, it looks kind of corny. Okay, okay, but is the message there, Mike? I don't know. I haven't corny? seen it yet. Don't know. I haven't seen it <laughs> yet. Commercial. Yeah, we don't know. We're just going by commercials. But I pledge, <laughs> even though I can't be watching the Super Bowl, I'll give it a I chance. Will watch the Bob Marley movie, and believe me, Mike, <laughs> I will be the first person to call it corny. <laughs> I'll check it out. 
If it's corny, I will be like front lines picketing the theater. (laughs) (laughs) Just because the commercials are bent towards his politics (laughs) and bent towards some of the music like that just fills my soul up. So So you're actually going to go to the movies to see or are you going to watch it at home? No, no, no. Movies the same way. Hey. Mike, if you could go see uh, Jason Statham in The Beekeeper, ah, I follow your socials, Mike. Yeah, that's the first time. That's literally the first time I've been to the movies. <laughs> probably, probably in like fifteen years. And I'm it was, following your And it was five people in there, man. <laughs> five. Someone who grew okay. up. Okay, gentlemen, <laughs> gentlemen. Let's oh, go, sorry, Bob sorry. Marley. Can, can we focus? So, so Bob Marley. Let's get back to Bob Marley, right? I think it's a wonderful thing anytime someone that so many of us love and cherish for his message can be brought to the big screen, right? And because the thing is, even if it is corny, Mike, right, which it may be, you know what I mean? I hate to say it. It may be corny. Um, Even if it's corny, there will be some people in there that didn't know much about Bob before they went to see the movie, and then they'll take the Mm -hmm. deep dive. They'll go down the rabbit hole and they'll really find out who Bob was. You know what I mean? So I think it's always have to, it's always wonderful to have um, these kind of figures brought to the big screen because inevitably someone will be touched and they'll learn more than they and and who knows they themselves might then become an activist, a revolutionary. You don't even know the 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 ripples after that. So I'm for it. And I'll, I'll add to that. It also creates the opportunity for the Bob Marley ecologists to get more oxygen on the media to speak about who Bob was. Absolutely. Like our own Dara Tompkins right here in D.C. who knew knew Bob and knew who Bob was. We hope to to get her on. But you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, like, you know, these people are ignored, except when something like this happens, which is very sad because there is so much to mine from the example of Bob Marley and Mm. and many of these figures that just, just, you know, flies under the radar. Um, So... Oh, I just want to also, Katia, your call to focus is so important. I want to focus on those two phone numbers, 202-588-9739, 1-800-222-9739. Please support us here on The Collision. Please support us here at WPFW. Support a place where you're going to learn that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played the congas. (laughs) Support a place where you learn that Dr. King was a big fan of Bob Gibson. Support a place where you can hear Coach McNutt, who I think is seriously over the years. You want a little butter on that toast? Absolutely, <laughs> the most honest referee in the game. Yes, and all. Please, please, I'm a referee. Don't put no butter on me. I'm, you know, I, I don't, I don't need it. I'm, I'm secure who I am. But, but Dave, real quick before we got to go, you mentioned that we were going to touch on your favorite NBA player now, Brunson, Rick Brunson, not Rick but Brunson. Dayton Brunson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of his dad because I remember him playing at Temple. But you know what? Run, run quick, I, and I know we're up against the clock here. I was thinking, make the comparison between Brunson and Ja Morant. Oh, sure. Um, let me set this, let me set my stage for you real quick because this is what I thought. Brunson is doing everything that we wanted and expected from Morant. Morant. Now he had a, he had a, he had a, a, a difference in the, that his father played pro. And guide him along. So, but the, but the way he's coming on and taking hold of the league, especially in New York, is a beautiful thing to watch. And then you contrast. Well, Morant's supposed to be there, but you know what I'm saying. Things got in the way. Go to you. We're gonna have to hit on that next week because of time. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I will say that Jalen Brunson has revived my love of basketball, revived my love of the Knicks, revived my love for fundamentals, revived yes. my love for how interesting it can be when you master the fundamentals of the game, which My a lot friend, of aren't doing right now. So you, so you're I, coaching youth. I coach youth. I mean, and, and again, the fundamentals, I never thought he would do what he would do. I always thought he was too slow. I thought oh. his dad was too slow to make the league. And he hung around for a bit. And I never thought he would be this at all. Um, well, Max contract cat, all-star and all that. So this is really made. And he's done it with fundamentals, film study, hard work, behind the scenes, hard work, integrity of hard work behind the scenes. And it's, it's, it's fun to watch. It's a beautiful example because it's somebody who kids think they can be. And that gets kids involved in the game and the game when done correctly with correct coaching and when not under the not through the viewfinder of sports entertainment to bring it back to that. 
the game is a beautiful thing. But I digress. We're going to talk about that next week. And if you want to hear us talk about that next week, you got to support the show. 202-588-9739. 1-800-222-9739. Stitt, Stitt, RRR, Chieftain. Any last thoughts <laughs> before we <start? laughs> Well, I just want to really, oh my gosh, Dave, Coach, Mike, wait a minute. That's right. You want to tell them, Katia, tell them. Jane, Jane Huntington out of Greenbelt, Maryland. She is a big fan of your show. You are great. Also, um, uh, oh my God, Jim again. He says, uh, fourth donation this week. Thank you, Jim. Well, thank thank you, Jim. you for holding us down in Silver Spring. And Anonymous out of Bowie, Maryland. Thank you so much. And gentlemen, we are, I hate to ever say we're over goal because you know what? There's not too much goal, but you have made the goal for today. Folks, please keep coming. Uh, please keep calling. Beautiful. If you love the collision and you still want to get your pledge in there, do it. We can just, you know, double the goal this morning. Please do Beautiful. it. We have five minutes, 800-222-9739. That's what's up. That is the kind of, you know, like it's like the call and response, right? We put out the clarion call and they come back to us. That is what WPFW has been about since 1977. That is what this show is about. <laughs> Sebi Tayak is joking me right now, talking about, quote, unquote, our chieftain. I feel you, Sebi. I don't know where that came from. I love Dave most of the time, but I don't know about the chieftain <laughs> thing. Purely from perspective. How about our light in the storm? There we go. I love that. I love that. Thank you. 800-222-9739. Let's keep it going, folks, for the collision. We can double this goal this morning. WPFWFM.org. You can use Cash App. Those of you that are right on the phone, just click your Cash App. And our handle is dollar sign WPFW. However you get to us. You know, it's like the Aretha Franklin song. Get here when you can. Mm. Oh, no, no. That's Brenda Russell. Excuse me. Brenda Russell. Yeah. You know, Brenda Russell. Get here when you can. We need you now. Please go to the phone, 800-222-9739, WPFWFM.org. Please keep the calls coming. Thank you three very much for today. Oh, thank you. Coach, thank you. Mike, thank you. Katia, thank you. And I give you all my absolute word that I will watch the Bob Marley movie and let you know if it's corny. Oh, wait, and we have one more. Wait, we have one more. Mark from D.C. says his good buddy is Nate, the champion Olympian ice skater. He grew up in the area that he trained. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Mark. Excellent. Yes. I know exactly who you mean when you say Nate. So much respect to you, Mark. And for everybody out there listening, you're going to love this coach. Please stay frosty. Oh, no. We are out here. Forget that. You're still doing I wanted to say it. Oh, Oh, no. I have a long talk. I got to have a long talk with you, with you people. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we made go. That's great. We made go. Love to everybody. We are out of here. Peace. I ain't no joke. I used to let the mic smoke. Now I slam it when I'm done and make sure it's broke. When I'm gone, no one gets on. Cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in a crowd and watch the people wonder. Damn, but think about it, then you understand. I'm just an addict addicted to music. Maybe it's a habit. I gotta use it. Even if- The 15th annual Mid-Atlantic Jazz Festival swings hard on President's Day weekend, February 16th through 18th at the Hilton Rockville, 1750 Rockville Pike, Rockville, Maryland. This year, they honor the grandeur of the big band era, featuring Dalfeo Marsalis and the Uptown Jazz Orchestra, Grammy Award-winning vocalist Lisa Fisher with the Orrin Evans Captain Black Big Band and the incomparable Kurt Elling with the Mid-Atlantic Jazz Orchestra. Other performers include drummers Renard Harper, Helen Riley, Marvin Smithy-Smith, vocalist Renee Marie, and vibraphonist Warren Wolf. Full schedule and ticket information available at www.midatlanticjazzfestival.org. WPFW, building a better world, one broadcast at a time. The best in live music entertainment is coming to Bethesda Theater. Celebrate more love at the Quiet Storm Valentine's Celebration featuring live performances of classic love songs on Saturday, February 10th at 8 p.m. 
Peebo Bryson on January 26th and 27th. Bob Marley's birthday bash on February 3rd. And Quiet Storm Valentine celebration on February 10th. More info and tickets at BethesdaTheater.com. WPFW is a proud media partner with Bethesda Theater. On Friday, February 23rd, 8 p.m., Strathmore presents prolific drummer, producer, and composer, Micaiah McRaven. Blending jazz, hip-hop, and electronic elements into a modern, beat-driven sound, his latest album, In These Times, is the 